With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Joining me today, as he does every Monday, Andy Mitz. Good to be back. It was uh, an interesting weekend. I'm definitely looking forward to this one. And no Jamie Steyer today. Her poor fiancé schedule is whatever. Uh, But we wanted to go ahead and get an Iowa State fill-in, and bless my sweet soul. He was my first choice. He was my only choice. Uh, But Levi Stevenson... Joining us today, Levi. How are you doing? Now, Philip, I do hope that you're ready for this podcast to be an hour and a half long. So it's fine. I'm almost, I'm a little disappointed. Levi's drinking the beer, but we didn't get the iconic Levi opening. I did it too early. Opening. I think I thought I did. You not hear it? No, I did it. I didn't hear it. No, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll just yeah. That, I'm gonna save that sound cut and use it throughout <laughs> just the rest of eternity. Of just that's gonna be that? fun. that's a beer opening. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get an alcohol sponsor at some point. That's just gonna get used. Yeah. Okay. So the weekend that was was an interesting weekend. Uh, let's just jump into and get out of the way the game that we have to talk about. That if you think that was good football, um, then you are a glutton for football. And it's one thing to enjoy quantity. As we've gotten more games as the season has come on, as more teams have rejoined the pack, it's been nice. It's been nice to have full college football Saturdays, more robust Saturdays. I still miss not Pac-12 football, just having a game on at 10 or 11 at night, you know, just kicking off, you know, Washington, Arizona State. That's great. It's not that I don't care which teams, just a nice, robust, full day, something to put on while the wife's in bed. But more football isn't necessarily good football. And on Saturday, we got the the quantity and quality of football that leads to the, the gluttony scene in the movie Seven. Uh, if you haven't seen that, if, uh, get out of the cave that you live in and go watch a movie now and then. Uh, and if you do, then you know what I'm talking about. Red River ended in a four-overtime game. Let's call it a game. That's the best thing to describe it. Uh, in which... At the end of, there are many an OU fan trying to call out anyone who picked Texas to win, like Oklahoma should be uber proud of that victory, outside of the fact that they just got a victory in Red River again. Um, Andy, why don't you take us off first here? What, what was your reaction to that game? Um, the uh, You know, watching that game, and as it went on and on and on, I just couldn't stop but think, or I couldn't stop thinking that Neither of these teams are very good. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the big thing that I took away from this game is that, you know, Texas kept shooting themselves in the foot and Oklahoma, as they've done in every Big 12 game this year so far, got a decent lead going into the fourth quarter and then couldn't hold on to it. And I don't know if it's that they decided that, hey, we're up big enough, so no big deal, or they just for some reason are allergic to leads. Like, there's there's something going on with this Oklahoma team that is not like anything that we've seen from Oklahoma um, that makes me think that even if they were to go and, you know, make their way to the Big 12 title game somehow, like, uh, you can't you can't trust that they're going to go in and win that game because, you know, any lead that they have is not safe. And this is, I mean, this is what we're used to seeing from teams like Texas Tech, where, you know, their offense goes off like crazy, and then the defense lets the other team come all the way back, and they have to hold on for whatever win they can try to get. And Texas, you know, don't don't even get me started on Texas. Like, Tom Herman is doing the exact same things now that Charlie Strong did in the year that he got fired. The only thing that could make this any different is that if he gets a nice, big winning streak at the end of the season and avoids losing to Kansas, because Tom Herman is now in the danger zone. He is getting himself ready to get fired. I, I, there was a real Slack chat, a real Slack message that I put in our wide right Slack that I said, guys, Oklahoma might not be that good of a win. I mean, it's not a bad win, but I mean, it's not Oklahoma. I, you know, it's, I mean, the name's there, but look, I got the same impression that you did watching that game is I did not feel I, that to me, that looked like a battle of two middle of the pack teams in the big 12. That's what that looked like. Um, or, you know, that's well, standing. That's exactly what it was. Um, that was the least important and probably worst red rivalry shootout game in a while. Um, I mean, they, like that game was not one. I mean, it was, it's, it's red river. So people were watching it, but as far as import to the overall big 12 standings at the end of the year, didn't much have much at all. And now it really didn't because since Texas has, it's has, has a, it's second loss. Um, or does it? Is it one, are they two and one or one and two in conference? Texas, no, they're two and two and two, two and two because they've got the conference. The, uh, but they're both one and two in the oh, conference. conference. Yeah, and overall, two and no, two. I don't no, care no, no, about no. They're one and two in conference. Play. They're both because they're both one and one, two. They're both one and two. Right? In conference play. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, both they're both essentially. I mean, something crazy would have to happen, but they're both essentially out of the hunt for the Big Twelve title game at this point. Eh. Look, I don't, you got well, you got the problem is you've got three. You've got Oklahoma State, Kansas, and I, Kansas State, and Iowa State all left. None of them have a loss. They all still have to play each other. That is true. Um, but Iowa State, Iowa well, State's Oklahoma State Oklahoma has not played either Texas or Oklahoma. That's true. So. Texas, that's that's true. Oklahoma State has easily the hardest road left to go of anybody. I would say. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Really, it comes down to if 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 Oklahoma State ends up being in the Big Twelve title game, uh, or ends up beating K State and Iowa State then that makes the road easier for a team like Oklahoma, who has already lost to both K-State and Iowa State. And then, uh, and that's so, why we were talking about in our group chat earlier today, whether, it, you know, we were talking about how, how, like, where the the Iowa State-Oklahoma State game in two weeks ranks in importance as far as historically for Iowa State, because it would be, you know, that's a game that um, Iowa State's undefeated in conference, and we have a bye week next week. Oklahoma, assuming, who does Oklahoma State play next weekend? Uh, they travel to Baylor. Okay, so if that game happens, assuming it happens and assuming they win that game, Oklahoma state will still be undefeated as well. So you'll have two, you'll have two teams tied for first place um, going into that game. And I was talking, telling him that 
honestly, the Kansas State game is, is more important for Iowa State right now because we've if you beat Kansas State, then you pretty much got Oklahoma State and then the, the bottom half of the Big 12 from there on out. Iowa State's Iowa State's get after after Oklahoma State, Iowa State Iowa State's road gets a lot easier. Um, their their schedule super super front loaded this year but then you have kansas state who still has to play iowa state they still got to play oklahoma state they still got to play texas they've still got to play you know they've still got to play some p teams that are capable of knocking them off um well now, now for kansas state the, here's the thing because we're, we're gonna like we'll just jump in this way whatever yeah uh so for yeah. kansas state getting the win at tcu we're done with Red River. But really, what's the point of even talking about it? It doesn't have anything to do with the Big 12 t- title game anymore. Not right now. They're both not right. I mean, like, like something crazy would have to happen for either of them to be involved in the conversation later because Oklahoma. No, but at this point, like the only thing worth talking about anymore with Red Ri- the, the Red River rivalry is if we wanted to bash on these teams anymore. And at this point, I don't Oklahoma, think it's Oklahoma doesn't have tiebreakers against either Iowa State or Kansas State. So they would need Oklahoma State to fall to fall off the wagon a little bit and lose a couple games and be tied with Oklahoma State and Bedlam to hope that you know to hope that they to get in the title game. But otherwise, if Iowa State and Kansas State take care of business and it gets down to a bunch of one or two lost teams, Oklahoma is going to be on the outside looking in because they already don't have two of the tiebreakers. Well, they need uh, Oklahoma now needs both Iowa State and Kansas State to lose three times in conference play to jump. Yep. Barring, look, there's some there's some weird tiebreakers. We've seen some wild tiebreaker scenarios sure. in the Big 12 before when we have three teams. So, and you're going to get, I, I really kind of think there's going to be a three-loss team in the championship game this year. Like, And, and that might be just because Iowa State and Kansas State lost a non-conference game, and that's what, that's what that means by three losses. But I have a feeling a three-loss team, whatever their overall record, is going to be in the conference championship game this year. It just has that feel this year where... Teams well, it makes it a lot easier like, too when Iowa State and Kansas State both played a non-conference game that not everybody played. So, I mean, wait, 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 wait. Three lost team in the Big Twelve Championship. So overall, you're Kansas still has a overall. chance. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say minuscule. I mean, it's there. It does exist. Kansas? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, it's non-zero. Kansas and Texas Tech have zero percent chance of getting to the conference championship game this year. We're gonna, I'm assuming we're going to get to that game. I know, I, Texas Tech has got some problems. We're, yes, I did. I brought an Iowa yes. State guy on on purpose. Okay, so let's just we'll just we're done with Red River, okay. yep. OU, yep. Texas. Yep. Um, both enjoy your Idol Week. Uh, try not to suck so hard. Look, and let me. It would be the most Oklahoma thing for them to win out and just find a way in. But say la vie. Please no. Please. I no. know. I know. I know. I know. I'm certainly looking forward to the games this Saturday, and I know how I'm going to start my day before the kickoff. It's with a nice hot cup of coffee. And the coffee I plan to drink this Saturday is Lazy Fair Coffee. Ethically sourced coffee beans from all over the world, roasted right in the heart of Big 12 country in DFW. They've got a variety of great flavors, including dark and light roasts. Uh, if I might make a suggestion, the Cafe Cubano is definitely one you're going to want to try. I'm also a big fan of the Tanzanian Delight if you want another option as well. Don't forget, they've also got a great dry rub. It's wonderful for whatever you're going to throw on the grill. So go to LazyFairCoffee.com, L-A-Z-Y-F-A-I-R, coffee. At checkout, enter the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2, get 10% off your order. By the way, if you live in the DFW area, which I think quite a few of our listeners do, you can get free delivery. Okay, so free delivery and 10% off. That sounds like a great deal on a really, really good bag of beans. So visit LazyFairCoffee.com, L-A-Z-Y-F-A-I-R, coffee. 
Use the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2, get 10% off your order, and enjoy a really, really good cup of coffee this Saturday morning. Okay, so Kansas State getting the win at TCU. I really want to talk about this game. I have, mm-hmm. I found myself doing a ton of probably unnecessary but interesting stats about this game. So let's talk about this. TCU, who for the first two games of the season against Iowa State and Texas, had a habit of giving up huge plays. And I say huge plays. I started measuring plays, the defense allowed of 30 yards or more. They gave up five to Iowa State for 249 yards. It was 58% of Iowa State's offensive output, yardage-wise, came on five plays. Texas, five plays, 225 yards, 66.56%. So 66.5% of Texas's offense yardage against TCU came on five plays. Against Kansas State, they cut it way back. Only two. It was 125 yards in two plays, but it's 43%. TCU's defense played fantastic. Second half held Kansas State to zero points. 60 yards of offense, 48 on the ground. Kansas State for the game completed eight passes. They got an interception in the second half, and TCU lost the game. TCU's defense is not the problem. No, again. No. It's got issues. It has a it is susceptible to big play. And by big plays, I don't mean 10-15. I could have included the 24-yard play that Kansas State got on TCU in that first half as well. And that would have really spiked the the percentage of offense. Uh, I'm no, not D- gonna do that. I'm gonna just stick with this 30 without faults. But TCU TCU's defense is a tier one defense in the conference. Again, yes, that's got faults. Again, if they when they go up against teams that can can bust out big plays, it's gonna happen. But Kansas State's defense was not the problem. You went up against a true freshman quarterback, shut that offense down in the second half, and TCU lost that game. So here's the fun stat, and I tweeted this out on Sun, on, on Saturday night. TCU in 7-2 and two against Texas since 2012. That's the stat everyone keeps talking about. 7-2 and two against Texas. TCU's got Texas's number. Since they joined the Big 12, they're 7-2. and two. In those seven wins, they're two and five in the follow-up. And now they've also now lost four straight after the win over Texas. So TCU has Texas's number, but let's be, it is not a barometer for TCU's success. And from now on, it cannot be used as a barometer for TCU's success for the rest of the season. They're just really good against Texas. They get up for Texas and then they pull this. TCU's offense, which we, that was the thing. Everyone, Max Duggan, Max Duggan, Max Duggan. And I was all on it. And I, but I kept saying, that was against Texas. He did this against Texas last year. Let's wait and see what happens. TCU's offense continues to be a massive problem, a disappointing problem, because as good as their defense is, TCU should be a better program in the Big 12 and one that makes a bowl game every year. Parker tweeted out, I think like, that should be the expectation. They should make a bowl game every year, and the fact that they can't at least do that is The bad. offensive line is 80% of their problems. That offensive line is horrible. I mean, and that's, I mean, yep. look at coming from a, a, an Iowa state fan, we've dealt, we've looked at, we've watched a lot of really bad offensive lines last. last Kansas fans have two too, decades. I'm going to tell two, you. you know, two decades. <laughs> we've had a good individual players, but overall, you know, I, they've been really bad. Now this year's offensive line is a different story, but um, the, I was, I'm, I'm used to seeing bad offensive lines. TCU's offensive line is really bad. Iowa state has a good defensive line, but seven sacks is not somebody you give up to anybody. You know, and, and it's in, I mean, they can't, they have no push in the running game. Max Duggan's running around for his life. He's getting smoked about every play. You know, I mean, the poor kid, I mean, I, I'm not sure. That, that kid's got uh, the heart of a champion, man, because I don't know how that kid's still standing at this point. Um, I, you know, I'm not trying to rail on TCU too, but I mean, that, that kid's taking a lot of punishment. Um, he's going to, I mean, he's, I'm, I'm hoping that he 
looks a lot more like Sam Ellinger in his future where he can take punishment. It's not a big deal as opposed to like a Charlie Brewer who takes lots of punishment. And now it's coming back to bite them and it's going to come back to bite Charlie Brewer. Um, that's, that's the, to me at the pay, at the rate they're going, those are your two career trajectories for Max Duggan right now. And they, they need to figure it out pretty quick. Otherwise it's going to look more like Charlie Brewer and a lot less like Sam Ellinger. Well, I mean, Sam Ellinger is just fine. You would, the problem for for Duggan to me is, but if you're in a, if you're in you a look at Duggan and, talent, and Charlie Brewer, you're, sh- you're definitely taking Ellinger. Yes, but the ceiling for Duggan is better than is better than one hundred percent. That's what's 100%, so disappointing about it. One hundred percent, and that's and that's what I'm saying is is that you can you can turn into what I guess what I'm using is Ellinger not like as a player comp, but more as a successful player, durable guy. Would love to have him on your team if you don't have like like I would got a good option. TCU's got a good you know Max Duggan's a good option. And Oklahoma State, when Spencer Sanders is healthy, maybe you keep him. But you know, otherwise, most of the teams would trade up to get Sam Ellinger. You know, he's he's a good he's a good quarterback. I would be very if if Brock Purdy was not our quarterback, I would be totally fine with Sam Ellinger being our quarterback. And, but you know, or you want you, having a guy like that that is ultra durable. He's a great leader. He's just a, he's a guy that you want on your team doing something, as opposed or like like Joel Lanning was for Iowa State, same kind of guy or whatever instead of having or a Charlie Brewer who's kind of fragile and he gets hurt and he's, you know, he can be good here and there, but you know, it's hard to, hard to deal with wherever sometimes, you know, or Alan Bowman uh, where there's, there's the ceilings there, but he can't stay healthy because he takes so much punishment. And a lot of that falls in that TCU offensive line. So you guys are talking about Duggan and, you know, I was curious about something because I wanted to take a look in. I think that a lot of what, you know, when we look at Duggan and we and we talk about how how good we think he's going to end up being, um, I'm starting to wonder how much of that is the mirage of Texas and their defense. Because last year, his best game by far was that game against Texas. Mm-hmm. This year, he had a fantastic game against Texas. And, you know, he's, he came and played pretty well against Iowa State in their first game. But I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that there was a change in the middle. In the middle of the game, you know, yeah. And so, like, it's it was, a different offense. Was, right, there was... Right. There was the questions about whether he was actually going to play. Iowa State probably didn't prepare for him quite as well because, it, honestly, it looked like he wasn't going to play. Like, I, I was surprised that he came in well, against we didn't Iowa State, and I think a lot of that was going to play this what... season until, like, uh, right. until the exactly. day before. I mean, I mean, we assumed he was out with a heart condition, you know, which is not like a – not a sprained right. ankle but, he might play. I mean, play. so it's like... – <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, like, I bought in – I actually said last week on this podcast that I thought that Duggan might actually be playing the best of any quarterback in the Big 12 um, this season so far – and I'm realizing now that Texas was probably a huge reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year, like I said, his best game by far was that game. Isn't it Texas. amazing how one game samples season, can just totally change the perception of, of people? <laughs> right, right. Like he went off in both of those games and it made a lot of people think, you know, buy into the hype of Max Duggan at this point. And like, I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but I do think that we're overestimating so far based off, like if it was any other quarterback looking at what he's done, his season stats last year really are not that impressive. Um, and if you take out that Texas game where he just seems to have Texas number so far, like he does not look like a guy that you would be expecting to take a huge leap forward. And again, a lot of that might have to do with TCU's offensive line problems. And, and a lot of, you know, there's a lot of other stuff going plenty, on around got that. plenty but, of skill position, talent, speed, and stuff like that. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, the talent yeah. around him from a skill position perspective is never the issue. They've always got good You know, the, the the worst part about this is that I'm, this is the same, the same conversation that a lot of people have had about Kansas, <laughs> where they have a, a ton of skill position guys 
right now. And their quarterback is a big problem with because of the offensive line. And, and but like TCU is in a similar boat. Their offense is stalling and having lots of problems because, you know, the 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 quarterback's a, enough of a question mark because the offensive line can't protect him, can't give him an opportunity so we can actually see what he can do. And like Duggan has shown flashes of what he's able to do. But I don't know how much that's going to be sustainable moving forward if they can't fix the offensive line. And like, I don't know that we have a true gauge of what a Max Duggan-led offense is actually going to look like once they get the offensive line. The kid's line talented. He needs time to throw. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of as simple as that. He needs time to throw. And when he gets that, you know, I because I would say in the second half um, against TCU, didn't bring as much pressure. They, they did more of the drop seven, drop eight. Uh, type of stuff so he had a little bit more time to throw and he had some success because he had uh, part of the part of like Andy said was you know um, changing the game plan at halftime Um, but he found some space when he has time to when he has time to throw and deliver a good ball he can he's he's a good passer Um, and I I feel like you can say that about a lot of people though some but but like it's it's kind of different though because I mean yes if you're a college quarterback if you've got time to throw yes you should be good whatever but he was making like he was making downfield throws. He wasn't just getting time to throw in and making, making underneath checks and stuff like that. I mean, he was making really nice throws on the sideline and deep downfield and things like that. I mean, he was, he was just playing well. Um, and he wasn't taken off and running and Fair. stuff like that. Cause he had plenty of time, plenty of time to throw. Um, so I, you know, I, I still, I'm still a believer that Max Duggan at some point will be one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the big 12. Um, or maybe the best at some point in his career, just depending on who everybody's got coming up. Um, yeah. It depends on you know what Rattler looks like and how long he stays and all that. But, you know, it, it, certainly top two or three, he's got the talent, I think, to be there. It's just a matter of what his offense around him gets him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we're going to be having a similar sort of conversation, I guess, to bring it around full circle, to what we have with Sam Ellinger, is that you see that the talent's potentially there, but they can never seem to put it together well enough for him to consistently be up there. And, and I, I'm just afraid for people that, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid for Max Duggan. He's not going to get the opportunity to really show what he's able to do because they just can't seem to get the offensive line mm-hmm. figured out. So the other side of that game, now because we talked a lot about Max Duggan and TCU, Kansas State. Kansas State now. Do we have to? Yes. 3-1, and 3-0 and <laughs> in conference play, sitting tied atop the conference standings with Iowa State. Uh, and Kansas State's next few games after an idle week uh, are Kansas at home and at West Virginia, which should set them up to be 5-1, and 5-0 and in conference play. Sorry, West Virginia. I like West Virginia. Let's just call it what it is. Before a home game against Oklahoma State and a road game at Iowa State, which is back-to-back interesting uh, a couple of weeks. So there's an idle week in the middle there. Here's the deal. Chris has been saying this for a couple of weeks on our picks pod that we should take Kansas State seriously. Kansas State three and one. Win at Oklahoma, which is as you know, as as, as Andy, no, as Levi said, it was either out before we started recording or, or while we've been recording. I forget now. Um how good is that Oklahoma win look now? Like, is this as good as normal of an Oklahoma win? So you have the win at Oklahoma. Home against Texas Tech, this road win at TCU with a true freshman quarterback. I think the question I have to ask about Kansas State is, is this Kansas State team for real and legitimate? And because we do this, like, are they three and one because they're good, or are they three and one 
because of situations that they've been able to to get. Because you faced a TCU team that probably should have beaten you, but somehow failed to do so, which credit to you. A Texas Tech team that you let come back when your quarterback went out, and then you were able to reclaim the lead. An Oklahoma team that's now 2-2 two and two and doesn't look like a normal Oklahoma team, even though it's on the road. And, of course, we have the home loss on the season opener against Arkansas State. I think Kansas State's good. Like, we'll look at Kansas State and say, okay, I think this team is legitimately good. I think one poll, one AP voter actually has them as high as number six in his poll this week, which is a bit much. Um, they did lose to Arkansas State. Let's not forget about that. But I think the question is, we're looking at Kansas State, they're three and one. Is this Kansas State team for real? Or is this Kansas State team like last year where this is a good team and they're going to rack up some wins, but... They're just a good team. I'll let you go, Andy. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in here. I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in here because I think, I think honestly, the defense is good and the offense still has significant problems. They have so run up against the Kansas teams. State team. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's actually kind of funny because I think this Kansas State team looked, the offense looked a lot better without Skylar Thompson leading them than when he has been leading them. And I, I have the feeling that he is going to be back at the helm after the bye week. And I have absolutely no faith. Like, you know, I thought that this game against TCU was one of their better offensive performances this year so far. And it wasn't really that great. And part of that was because TCU has a good defense. But part of that, I think, was just because they they really leaned on the running game that they have and trying to, to really do that. Skylar Thompson tries to do too much when he's playing. And it comes back to bite them quite often. Their defense is usually good enough to give them an opportunity to stay in the game, but they cannot continue to do that, especially when they get in that stretch against Iowa State and Oklahoma State. And if if Skylar Thompson is their quarterback at that point, I honestly have no faith that they'll be super competitive in those games because I just I think he's going to try to do too much and he's, he's going to shoot him in the foot. So Kansas State has played three conference games. They've played Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and TCU, which are the two worst defenses in the conference. And then they played a competent defense and they scored 21 points. Um, I get that Deuce Vaughn appears to be, he's a pretty nice player. I get it. Um, Outside of Deuce Vaughn, what is there? I mean, there's good defense and there's Deuce Vaughn. Um, I want to see them play a good defense, uh, like a really good defense. Um, I want to see them play Oklahoma State. I want to see them play. I want to see them play Iowa State. I want to see that if they can prove to me that they can put up more than 21 points against a competent defense, then I will take them more seriously. Now, I and I'll even say that I am actually a Skylar Thompson fan. I have been since his freshman year when he played. I've I've actually really enjoyed watching Skylar Thompson play uh, for most of his career. Um, but I mean, even with him in or with him out, I I mean. Like like you said, Oklahoma is not the, the the there's not as much sheen on the Oklahoma win as there typically is. Um, Kansas State is also stylistically a team that Oklahoma has problems with. Um, not different than not a lot different than Iowa State, a team that stylistically Oklahoma has problems with, and Texas Tech has problems with. Both of those teams are built to stop air raid teams, so they're both matchup. They both have matchup advantages against teams like Texas Techs and like Oklahoma's and things like that. Um, so they already have a matchup advantage in those. Plus you have two bad defenses um, that they played a close game against Texas Tech. You beat Oklahoma, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what that, if, what that actually means. And then you played 21-14 to a TCU team that can't score. So, I mean, what's, 
what to me, what is what part of the resume one says number six in the country, um, but two, I need I need to see more from them from an offense perspective that shows that they can actually put something on the board. I mean, they've they've stopped they've stopped the worst one of the worst offenses in the league in TCU, they, and they couldn't score against them either. And they beat an Oklahoma team that they're designed to beat that has no defense. And they, and they barely beat a Texas tech team that they're supposed that they should have beat by 20, by four touchdowns, you know, or for two touchdowns anyways, you know, I need to see more from Kansas state before I really buy in. Well, and don't forget one of those touchdowns that they had in that game against TCU was a defensive. Right. You know, yeah. Pick six. Pick six. So, so, so really they only scored 14. I mean, they only they scored, scored 14. 14 against TCU. The offense put up 14 right. points. That's it. Iowa State put up 37 on that same defense the week before. Right. For me to think that they are going to have a legitimate shot against either Iowa State or Oklahoma State, they need to hang at least 30 points on West Virginia because West Virginia at least has a decent defense so far this year that we've seen. So, like, if they can't hang at least 30 points on West Virginia, they are not going to stand a chance going up against that Oklahoma State defensive line. And, you know, Iowa State is good enough all around to shut down that offense which is as one dimensional as you were saying, like they have got one guy that you really think can be a good playmaker and get and, and make a big play. And so, yeah, if they, if they don't show us before that West Virginia game or in that West Virginia game that they can really get up and down and score, you know, I, I mean, I even almost be willing to write them off if they have problems scoring against Kansas because Kansas defense has been absolutely atrocious this year. They have all kinds of injury issues. Like this is the perfect thing. West or Kansas state with their wear you down, you know, and then and then explode big in the second half. Like that's the expectation typically for a Kansas State team is that you wear them down in the first half. You don't necessarily score as much, and then you just run over them in the second half. That didn't happen against TCU. Nope. Um, you know, TCU seemed to get stronger as they went on. So if they cannot use that offensive game plan against Kansas and score big against the Jayhawks, and then follow it up with another big scoring game against West Virginia, they're going to get eaten alive. And that's why I think I think of the three teams that are still sitting at the top undefeated. Kansas State is easily the most vulnerable of the three. Yeah, so I, I don't know how we all feel about Bill Connolly's S&P Plus numbers. I think they're part of the equation. I think they're everything. But Kansas State, after this week, currently ranked 67th overall. 62nd really? ranked offense, 68th ranked defense. Really? They're that far down? I am not surprised. Yes, where where are Oklahoma bit. State and Iowa State? Uh, Iowa State, 27th overall, 38th ranked defense, 25th or 38th ranked office, 25th ranked defense. Oklahoma State is at 19th, just eight spots higher with the 27th ranked offense and the 24th ranked defense. So the there is not much separating Oklahoma State and, and Iowa State. And that's State. kind of, I think, what we were saying about Kansas State. Is there's a, the, and the stats apparently back that up, too, is that they're kind of a paper tiger at this point until they prove it to us that there's got that there's there, there's something there. I mean, I will note, Oklahoma is 10th, but they have the 48th What's ranked. What's their defense the fourth, rank? The 48th, and they have the 4th ranked offense, and that's the thing. So, can, so Kansas State, wait, wait, so what's their defense rating? 48th. So Kansas State's defense is 20 spots lower than Oklahoma's? Apparently. Because again, this is predictive. It's what are we even talking off, about? It's not just based off of. I know. I don't under. I don't entirely understand the S and P stuff. I think part of the problem is in here, and I'm going to say this for Connolly's numbers this year. Like he still has the Big Ten teams in. Yeah. Well, there's there's definitely a sample size issue too at this point. Like sure. normally, well, at this point, I think we his his numbers more, do but... take into account last season. I think a little bit too. Kind of like kind of like that. Ken, like that's great. Kind of. Uh, it, it's not last season. It's actually preseason projections, but they, those are grading out at a very very quick clip at this point sure um the main issue that kansas state has is that arkansas state game like it, they their defense got torched in that game repeatedly 
And so it's going to, you know, give them lots of problems, especially since Arkansas State has fallen off very, very much so since then. And so it's one of those things like that one loss is going to con- kill them in the advanced stats in, in all that predictive stuff. Well, they gave um, up 35 you know, points to Arkansas State, 35 points to Oklahoma, 21 to yeah. Texas Tech. Like, Keep it's in not mind, like Oklahoma held... team. That was, their, that, was, that was Spencer Rattler's first Big 12 game too, wasn't yes. it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, well, I mean they've, they've had a perfect storm of really good situations fall into their lap where they can be 3-0 in conference right now. And they haven't played – they haven't played any, they haven't really played a team that has both a competent offense and competent defense to this point. They haven't, they haven't played a complete team. Right. Well, like I said, they get Oklahoma state on November 7th. They get an idle week and they go to Iowa state, go to Baylor and then end with Texas at the end of the regular season. So we'll see how Kansas state does. I'm not trying to knock Kansas state. I think Kansas state is good. I don't think they're going to know? make the big 12 title game. But I do think they're good. So let's bounce over to well, like like Levi said, of the three potential competitors at this point, they are easily the most vulnerable at this point. Yes. And, and you know, I, I will say I am very glad that you guys are both on board with that take as well because I don't, you know, I already have enough fan bases in the Big Twelve mad at me. I don't need the Kansas State fans coming after me and saying I'm biased because I'm a KU fan. Don't, so don't the confuse... Kansas State fans have been giving me a bunch of shit the last year or two, anyways. Well. It... <laughs> I don't, I don't care about the fans who are like, you don't think we're any good. No, I didn't say I don't think you're any good. I just think that... No, Levi said you don't think you're any good. Levi doesn't think, think you're any good. good. <laughs> think good. I think Kansas is good. I just don't think they're number six in the country and that three and one is a normal three. Like three and one without the context of how the season has actually gone based off who you face right. and how the games have gone is necessarily the, the right way to do it. Like there should be like three and one in a regular season where two-year games were not good teams like uh, you know that you, you kind of you brought the arkansas state game too and that the non-conference game that everybody played or that well i shouldn't say that not everybody played all but baylor and TCU. Um, um yeah well I'm, even even across the country though not everybody played a non-conference yeah. game um that for a lot of teams has turned out to be almost an almost <laughs> uh a net negative ex- like thing like i would say might have honestly been better off not playing that game um I, well, I shouldn't say that um, because there's still stuff that you learn going from week one to week two, but Kansas lost, you know, lost the Sunbelt game. We lost Sunbelt game. Who, who was the other one lost Sunbelt game? Kansas. Kansas did. Kansas. Hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this Wednesday coming up, Coastal Carolina and Louisiana. Coastal Carolina is actually not a bad thing. They're actually like, – winner, winner of that game. I've actually said this on Twitter. Winner of that game has the inside track of winning the Big 12 this year. Yes, we know that – yes, you, you are and, – and, and Louisiana's turned out to be a really good team too. Yes, yes they um, are. And that's, you know, that's why I think part of using that, those, I, since not everybody played them, when it comes to some of this stuff with our stats and it's whether it's rankings and things like that, I don't know. It doesn't feel right to, to really put a lot of weight on those. If, at this if, point. if I was had beaten Louisiana and Louisiana had won out after that, you guys would be like, yeah, well, that game counts. So don't don't play that. If, if, don't we, play had that if, we, had, if we had beaten Louisiana, they'd have never been ranked. I don't. And it wouldn't matter. But the point is, like, it, you played the game. Everyone had well, a season. I mean, over. yeah. Like, it, it, I get it. So let's talk Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah. I, the loss aside, and look, we're all gonna do the Sun Belt jokes. Okay, we get it. It's it's, it should, it's I mean, the new yeah, thing that it, people it are gonna talk about. And I don't really need it. An Iowa State, Kansas State, Big Twelve championship game because I'll take the over and whatever number you set it at is how many times people reference that these two teams lost the Sun Belt teams. So we don't really need that. So Iowa State lost Louisiana side. Go to TCU, get the close win. 
Oklahoma, nice win. Tech Tech this weekend. This was the first, this was, okay, can Iowa State come out and play a really good game? They played a good game at TCU. It was still a close game. Played a really good game against Oklahoma. Had to do what everyone else has done, which is come back on Oklahoma, which is, at this point, if you're going to face Oklahoma, get down 14 in the <laughs> second half of the game. But the thing is, that game, out. though, Iowa State would got down by more than by more than it never got down by more than two touchdowns it was, and it was just early in the game too i mean it was 17 13 at halftime and then they both just traded off leads back and forth through the rest of the game basically but the point is if you want to beat oklahoma get down by two scores and then you can beat them <laughs> don't get up high I, I don't want to see what happens if someone gets up on them by two scores early. just get down by two scores and go from there um yeah. so iowa state i'm just, I'm, I'm just taking notes for the jayhawks here yeah <laughs> three and one similar said, situation said, to get down by get down by four scores right that's what you said <laughs> and double the chance of winning exactly <laughs> sorry sorry philip we we will stop derailing the conversation oh, no, you guys i mean i brought you two on today so i, I get what i get um <laughs> let me let me hold on a second am i correct here yeah so iowa state and kansas state outside of non-conference in conference play has played the same three teams and are three and oh at this point Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and TCU. Mm-hmm. I would argue that Iowa State has been better in all three games, especially Iowa State against Texas Tech than Kansas State was. Um, mm-hmm. But why should I believe that Iowa State is 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 legitimate if we're having this many questions about Kansas State? Uh, because TCU, uh, when they came back, they were playing well. It was, their, it was Iowa State coming off of a off of the worst game of Brock Purdy's career, all that horrible. They came in on the road and beat TCU. And, um, and like you said, it wasn't, it was a somewhat close game or whatever, but I would say, I would say kept, I would say kept TCU at arm's length. Most of that game. Anyways, um, it bounced between 10 and three, most of that game. Um, they, they took it down, took out an Oklahoma um, team at home where they, they just flat out outscored them. You know, they, played well spencer rattler was playing in his second game versus first game which is a very different set of circumstances um and then played a texas tech which kansas state had to you know they let texas tech come back and iowa state beat the shit out of them like i mean i mean i mean it was it was a 31 15 final score or whatever but the outside of a freak block a freak block field goal and a prevent defense touchdown i mean i mean texas tech shouldn't have, i mean it was it was a lot like the 31-14 uh, West Virginia game in 2018, where maybe the score looks like it's two, t- you know, just you know, just over two scores or whatever. But anyway, it was never close. Nobody ever. It was never in doubt. Iowa State dominated from from the opening kickoff to the final gun. They moved the ball basically at will, especially in the first half, and the defense shut down an offense that had been putting up. 500 yards that but putting over 500 yards a game they held them to 96 yards of or they held, they held them to 69 yards of offense in the first half and outside of one drive at the end of the game nice they yeah nice uh and outside of one outside of one or two drives at the end of the game where they were basically just dropping eight and playing prevent defense the whole time texas tech might have finished below 150 total yards um that's the most complete game that anybody's played in the big 12 so far um, and I think in Purdy, Brock Purdy, especially in it th- didn't TCU game had a freak play that game allowed Texas that allowed TCU to be closer, um, than it, than it actually was. Uh, they've got the bet, they've got 
the best running game in the conference right now, statistically. Uh, Brock Purdy is rounding into form of being the Brock Purdy that we all have always known um, and have loved, come to really appreciate. Um, the receivers and the tight ends are really starting to bloom. The linebacking core is turned into one of the best and it's probably the best linebacking group in the country, or in, not in the country, but in the conference for sure. Um, the defensive line is really good. They're generating pressure. I mean, Iowa State is just just now coming into form. So, so Levi, first of all, I didn't think you were actually going to leave me anything to talk about here, but um, <laughs> no, it, it really comes down to two things. The first one being that, you know, the advanced stats back up the eye test. Iowa State just looks like a better team than Kansas State. And the advanced stats, as you mentioned with Bill Connolly's numbers, really kind of back that up. But the second thing is that Iowa State, you know, in terms of record and all that, Iowa State has gotten a lot of lucky breaks to go against them and have still put themselves in a position to be really good in the top of the Big 12. Kansas State has benefited from a lot of really lucky breaks. If, if you look at the non-conference games, you know, Louisiana got two special teams touchdowns that, you know, one, it's not something that's very repeatable. It's not something that a lot of times is necessarily, you know, the, the like, it's it not came at the end of a training camp where nobody practiced special teams. <laughs> well, right, right. But like, that's not indicative <laughs> of a, of a systemic issue with your team. Right. Kansas State played their off, their, their non-conference game and got completely beat down by an Arkansas State team that honestly was not as talented as them. That, that speaks to something deeper in terms of an issue. Kansas State needed a, you know, complete meltdown from the Oklahoma defense in order to be able to come back in that game after looking absolutely atrocious for the first two and a half quarters, um, or actually for the, for the first full three quarters. And, and so Iowa State, yes, Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma got up for that game against, in, in, you know, in Iowa State and definitely played them a lot closer, um, you know, over the course of the entire game. But Iowa State went toe-to-toe with an Oklahoma team that was extremely motivated and was able to beat them in a game that actually looked like a, competent, a, a game between two competent teams. Um, Kansas State, again, required that super lucky comeback. Oh, a lot, like, everything had to go absolutely perfect for them to even be have a chance to be in that game. Um, you know, and again, that was the first Big 12 conference game for everybody. And so, you know, it's one of those things like Kansas State has been extremely fortunate and and has found themselves where they're at, whereas Iowa State, it looks like they've actually earned it. And so, I mean, I think that's the biggest the biggest difference is that Iowa State looks like a good team. The, the the numbers back it up, and Kansas State has had to be very lucky to be in the position that they're in. And there's and you, especially with Iowa State too, there's very tangible, there's statistical and eye test in, like jumps uh, in overall quality of play from week to week. Like you can see, the team is getting better on a week to week basis, and you can you can you can easily see that too. Brock Purdy's got been gotten better each of the last few games. The defense has wrapped up, and they didn't give up any. They didn't give up any big play if, if texas tech got any plays over 30 yards i then i knew it um you know they didn't they didn't let anybody texas tech which tends to like to throw deep they tend to use the big play quite a bit didn't give up a single one of them they bottled up run games i mean they're right now they're a team that is getting pressure on the quarterback they can sit back in their defense and hold people well below whatever average whatever averaging an offense they're holding them below all that. They can lean on right now the most productive running game in the conference. And a quarterback, when at his best, is probably is arguably the best quarterback in the conference. The ceiling is a lot higher for Iowa State. And they're they're just kind of starting to hit that, hit, hit the uptrend on the graph. I'm not saying we've hit Kansas State's peak, but 
the the peak is higher for Iowa State, I believe. And I'm not even I trying to say that just as a homer, but just I like I honestly would also wouldn't be surprised if we've seen Kansas State's peak, whereas it's pretty clear that Iowa State is still climbing. So if you want to celebrate Iowa State's big win this weekend and the fact that they are 3-0 and sitting atop the conference standings thus far, might I suggest you go to homefieldapparel.com and pick you up an Iowa State shirt. If you were looking for comfortable clothes, t-shirts, and sweaters with awesome... They great shirts. They Iowa State, their Iowa do. State shirts are outstanding. I have the marching size shirt. I bought it. And I wore it on Saturday because Iowa, Oklahoma State wasn't playing. And so I wore my Iowa State shirt. And it was it's super comfy. Shirt. And it was a freaking awesome shirt. If you like cool shirts, and it's, again, it's the kind of stuff you look at and you go, I don't know whose school that is. I don't even care. That shirt is awesome. Like, it really, really is. They have the coolest sports team apparel, period. If you haven't checked them out yet, you really should. You should also follow them on Twitter because not only is their Twitter account hilarious, they have big new Saturday. Every Saturday where they unveil or release a brand new team to add to their already more than 90 school list so go to homefieldapparel.com they've got iowa state they got baylor they are working on more big 12 schools but if you want your school added make sure and tweet at them okay so people can see that that is good so that when they go and try and get the rights for the school they got look at this long list of tweets from your fans that want us to do it oh they we have, have so we have some breaking news oh uh, yeah we're gonna get to way. that in a second when i finish okay. my cold ad read <laughs> <laughs> go to homefieldapparel.com Get a couple of shirts. When you go to checkout, use the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2, all caps. Get 20% off your first order. Don't forget, orders of $50 or more get free shipping. So go to homefieldapparel.com. Get yourself something comfy. It is sweater season. Get yourself two because if you're like me and married, your wife will steal yours. Or if your girlfriend, she will steal yours. If you have a dog, they will probably lay out on the couch and you'll have to have another one. Homefieldapparel.com, 1012, get you 20% off your first order. Rock some awesome Homefield Apparel apparel this weekend all right so as uh as our good friend levi so kindly tried to interrupt us with because (laughs) this is a podcast that will go out monday morning so it doesn't matter if we talked about it five seconds ago or now because you'll be hearing it at the same time anyways oklahoma state baylor game that was originally scheduled for this coming saturday october 17th has been postponed and rescheduled for saturday december 12th because of baylor's covid19 outbreak So that means we will get one Big 12 game this weekend between West Virginia and Kansas. So it looks like I have plenty of time to get yard work and things around the house done. Sorry, Kansas and West Virginia. This game is going to get a blowout because that's what happens in Kansas games. I'm sorry, Andy. Um, It's it's either going to be a blowout or it's going to be so ugly that no one wants to watch it anyway. So So my big thing for this game is I'm glad it's getting rescheduled. For the Big 12, I don't... We've we've announced a new rule. I'm going to put this rule out here. Uh, we, We tweeted about this. Andy and Jamie and myself, we have a new rule on this pod. And this is getting Which we've already broken today. Did we ever talk about it? Well, we we did talk about it during the whole discussion about Texas and Oklahoma. But anyway, we didn't talk about it. We haven't talked about it yet. We didn't use the phrase, so I don't want to hear about it. We have not said playoff. Okay, start the clock. We are only going to talk about the playoff for 60 seconds per episode. That is it. That is it because I don't care. And it takes up too much of the conversation and it ruins the fun of football. And all anybody ever cares about is the playoff. If the Big 12 is going to have a shot at the playoff, 
Sorry, Iowa State and Kansas State. It's Oklahoma lost. State. Oklahoma State. The the that's the only contender. So for the Big yep. 12, you need Oklahoma State to play a full 10-game schedule. And since Baylor can't get their shit together, shocking that it's Baylor. So this game has been postponed until the December 12th. Hopefully it still gets played because OSU needs to play a full 10-game schedule if the Big 12 has any shot at the playoff this year. They don't. OSU's not going 10-0, and that's pretty much what it's going to require because no team outside of Oklahoma and Texas is allowed to get in without an unbeaten record in the Big 12. Done. That's it. No more of the playoff talk. So all that. I mean, said, Iowa State. Iowa State. We we you know, we we knocked Oklahoma State out of the national championship game in 2011. We're perfectly happy to knock them out of the playoff now. Just kidding. I had to get that in there. You didn't. I tried to say I nice did. things about your school. I did. I used your I school to, to plug home field. You, you brought you, up Oklahoma State and championship things, and I had. I simply stated matters of fact. That's all that it was. <laughs> okay. It was tangential, and you know it. So here we go. This does uh, look okay, Andy. I'm going to give you. If you want to talk about a preview of West Virginia, Kansas real quick, please do so. Um, I'm just curious to see if Kansas is going to be able to field a full team because at this point they have so many injuries. It's not even going to be COVID related, but Les Miles being COVID positive, like I guess the administration is delusional and thinks that Les Miles is going to be able to go ahead and actually coach in this game. Um, so, I mean, even if they don't have COVID issues, they might have injury issues. And I, I would be interested to see if this if this game gets pushed off because Kansas can't field a full roster and it has absolutely nothing to do with COVID. I mean, it's it's one of those things. They have s- severe issues with injuries at this point. Um, you know, like if they get any cases of COVID that come because Les Miles got got COVID and spread it to the team. Uh, you know, he, he, he hosted his radio show with, quote unquote, a cold. And the next morning it came out that he was, he was COVID-19 positive. And so it's one of those things. It's just like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have games that get postponed for the exact same reason that they have COVID or other issues that are kind of going on here. But, are Kansas's injuries, um, is, there like a, is there like a trend on those? If you have like so many injuries, is it like like the Portland Trailblazers had so many injuries for so long time because they realized that they, were, they had bad training staff or they had, you know, is it yeah, something like that? I don't think it's anything like that at this point. I mean, I, I definitely think that it's, it's because they haven't had as much time, but they also are throwing in a bunch of young guys who honestly, in some cases, have missed assignments, put themselves in really bad positions to try to recover. And but like the game they had against Oklahoma State, they just they had guys going down left and right, and it didn't seem to be anything that the players were doing. They just got really unlucky. Um, I'm, I'll be curious to see how many of those guys are actually back for this game against West Virginia. But Kansas has so many problems with you know depth issues, um, you know experience issues, now injury issues, um, and then you know the whole PR nightmare of your head coach potentially exposing a whole bunch of people to COVID. So. Um, who knows what's going to happen with this team. It's going to be, it will, it will be entertaining because of how bad it could potentially get <laughs> for the rest of the year. Uh, if you freeze can coach a game from a hospital bed after surgery because of staff yeah. infection, I'm pretty sure they could set up like a laptop on the sideline and let Les Miles just like zoom in. I mean, just get him a big TV on the side on a cart, like like an old yeah. classroom. They put him in a Zoom yes. call. You bring in <laughs> to watch. Except for the fact that that's against the competition rules. Like, I mean, you know, it, it, unless they're going to change the rules of competition of what kind of communications you can have, then yeah, that's definitely not possible. The only reason Hugh Fees was able to do that is because they put a hospital bed up in the up in one of the suites and allowed him to call plays from up there. Okay, so then put him in one of those like full body like radioactive suits from a rival and just let him stand up in a press box and like hold something. No, actually up. I'm I'm imagining just stick him in a bubble. Like bubble boy. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Put him in a put him in a oh what are the what are the the inflated plastic balls that you see him in New Zealand like Zorbs or whatever they are. Oh uh, yeah there you go. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, you play soccer with those things like where you run yeah. around and yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine him just yeah. like running around 
Uh, that's how's I, I'm just imagining. How's he gonna him? eat? But how is he gonna eat his grass from inside the plastic bubble? They're gonna they're they're gonna put some in there, and I'm just imagining him. He's gonna be like a little hamster wheel going up and down the sideline, yelling all game long. <laughs> I can appreciate that. So one Big Twelve game this weekend that changes the th- the uh, how we probably will feel about Oklahoma State, Iowa State when these two teams meet up in two weeks, and we'll talk about that next Monday, of course. Man, our picks pot on Boo. on Thursday is gonna be light. Gonna better find a guest to come fill some time. That uh, that, that extra bye week for Oklahoma State is really interesting because taking one week off is one thing, taking two weeks off is different. Yeah, that's I mean that's that's sitting around. That's not a bye week where you're getting healthy, you're re, and you're redoing fun. You know, you're going over some fundamental stuff and you're, you know, installing a new game plan. That's not bye week stuff. That's 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 sitting around. Yeah, I missed the date. Did they plug that at the very end of the season? Then the yeah, December twelfth or the OSU Baylor? December twelfth. Yeah. So that I mean, you know, in a way as well. I won't I won't say the word so it won't count against our our amount. But like, uh, also we even just with Oklahoma State pushing for the Big Twelve title game, like. That will be a good matchup that will go in a spot where there's not going to be a lot of another uh, a lot of other games. So it's going to give is them that like, Army a lot Navy of exposure. Week? I believe it is Army Navy week, which means yeah. that they're going to basically it's basically going to be Army Navy and then Oklahoma State and Baylor. Well, and, and there'll be some Big Ten games or some Pac-12 games, but but honestly, like it's going to give them I think a lot more exposure towards the end. If Baylor is going to be a decent team this year, which it seems like they're going to at least be middle of the pack, if not you know top half of the Big Twelve this year. Um, kind of depend on what Oklahoma and Texas do. Like, it's going to be a, a game to give some exposure and some excitement going into the Big 12 championship game, at the very least. <sighs> Baylor, get your shit together. All right, that seems like a good spot to wrap up on. Uh, Andy, Levi, thanks for joining us today. As, as I said, we'll be back on Thursday for a picks pod. I don't know what all we're going to pick because there's literally one Big 12 game at this point, assuming that Kansas and West Virginia get played. And if they don't, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, everybody make sure and uh, go follow us on the social media, Twitter at 1012podcast, E and the number 12, the word podcast, on the gram, 1012pod, where we do our Instagram lives every Wednesday night at 7.30. I don't know who our guest will be yet. We'll get that to you shortly. Uh, make sure and check out Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com. 1012 gets you 20% off your first order. Lazy Fair Coffee, 1012 uh, gets you 10% off your order on a great bag of beans. Uh, And we will see everybody back here on Thursday. Sports Social Podcast Network.